This week on the podcast, how you can understand more about the $4 billion market that is workplace giving. This is Using the Whole Whale, stories of data and technology in the social impact world. My name is George Weiner, your host and the chief whaler of wholewhale.com. Thanks for joining us. Today's topic is workplace giving, and none better than America's Charities, charities charities.org, to talk about it. And we have the VP of Marketing, Lindsay Nichols, to explain what it is uh, that is so special about workplace giving and share some data from their annual snapshot report uh, about how companies view workplace giving, what employees are looking for, and why all of that matters. Uh, We'll also have some fun along the way, uh, digging into a bit more of the nuance of workplace giving. And I'm here with Lindsay Nichols, the VP of Marketing for America's Charities. Lindsay, thanks for joining us. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Uh, To start, what is an America's Charities? How do I find one? Am I one? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you are our board chair, so in full disclosure, <laughs> I do want to acknowledge that you're my boss's boss, but uh, American Charities, we are a nonprofit. Uh, we inspire employees and organizations to support causes they care about, which is a fun way of saying we focus on workplace giving and we help nonprofits raise money through workplace giving, and we help companies uh, give to those nonprofits through workplace giving and employee engagement programs. So, you know, we talk to nonprofits, we talk to companies, we talk to anybody who wants to give and give sustainably over time. And that's why we're a nonprofit. That's our mission is to really um, help the nonprofits that are positioned to fix this crazy world that we're in, um, to give them the funding that that can make that happen. And we're at charities.org. You can always find us online. We're a very digital place. Awesome. So how many, uh, you know, in terms of size, how many dollars to the door are you looking at every every year when you talk about workplace giving? Because it sounds like you got like a little coin jar by the by the check-in <laughs> area. And people are like, oh, sure, I'll take a one candy and here is a quarter. <laughs> and so much of uh, workplace giving, to be honest, it's a really growing sector. It's uh, small in comparison to uh, other philanthropy paths, but $4 billion is given to causes and charities every year, $4 billion through workplace giving. Um, we're trying to raise a billion dollars. America's Charities is trying to raise a billion dollars uh, for worthy causes by 2026. So it's no small laughing matter, um, but I think it's actually really growing. I think, you know, I've worked at eight organizations and only one of them have actually offered workplace giving. Um, part of that is because workplace giving does not have to be a traditional program. So I worked at PR agencies and they gave, uh, you know, their skills. We did a lot of pro bono projects. That wasn't money. That was, um, you know, other facets. But workplace giving is really growing. And, you know, as the data shows, we just uh, conducted a brand new 
survey called Snapshot 2017. And it really shows that there is a burgeoning interest in workplace giving. People want to work for companies that align with their personal values. And so I think it's growing. It's going to get bigger and bigger. And America's Charities is really excited about that. So you mentioned the uh, Snapshot report, which we're definitely going to jump into. And it's interesting because... You know, this is a dark spot in terms of knowledge for, I think, not only maybe nonprofits, but also companies. So maybe you can tell us a little bit about what Snapshot told us about why on earth a company should care about something that is not the bottom line. Yeah, that's a good point. I think in in the nonprofit space, it's seen as a revenue driver, and that's really important because nonprofits are – you know, competing with each other. There's a, you know, struggle for actually breaking through the noise and actually getting those uh, funding. But some nonprofits treat it as a check they get every month. And the distinction between workplace giving and personal giving, other giving, is workplace giving is traditionally uh, um, through payroll. It's payroll giving. So you give a little bit every single paycheck all year long. That's great for nonprofits because they can actually expect it and uh, plan on that sustainable dollars coming through. The nonprofits that do it really well, we have 140 nonprofit members. We think they do it really well. They actually treat it as one of their most important revenue paths because they can actually grow these guys. These are the ones that have said, yep, I'm going to give to you all year long. They may become major donors. So in the nonprofit space, those that really uh, treat these guys differently and play donors differently um, are usually the ones that are winning the the funding game. On the corporate side, CSR, corporate social responsibility, has been around for a long time. People, companies have said, I want to invest in the community. You know, where my brick and mortar building is, I want to help that community around. We're bringing in big dollars through jobs, but we want to do more. As people become more socially conscious and as we realize that there are major problems in this world to fix, companies have gone beyond that. They've really decided what are the things that we care about and tried to invest in those causes. So one of our clients is Lockheed Martin. They focus on STEM and military and veterans, not surprisingly because of their you know business, day-to-day business. But they've really put together programs that have a lot of spirit and choice for their employees. So one, they're building uh, a better workforce. They are more engaged. They are essentially investing in their employees. Two, they're actually helping the community. And three, they're actually supporting these causes that, you know, in turn, um, they affect every day. So um, there's there's just a lot of reasons to get into it. And there are a lot of... um, motivations and and value that comes with having really robust robust programs if that makes sense it does you know i think uh, i can i can sort of play devil's advocate which i may later during our pro con game <laughs> but talk to me about like the most recent company and why uh why they may have set up this to uh, is it to attract and keep employees is it to keep them engaged is it so they feel like they're doing less harm in the world uh, what are the motivators for for companies getting engaged with workplace giving because like you said before people can just give by donate button by any other means with this thing called the internet 
Right. <laughs> yes, this thing called the Internet. Yeah, there is. So I'm going to go back to the research uh, report that I just talked about. We asked 1,500 employees, you know, what would determine where they'd want to work just from a recruitment and really a retention? What would keep you there? Um, and there was really great data that showed 71% want to work for a company that aligns with, you know, me, the employee, with my personal values. That's actually becoming a more and more important factor. So people want, you know, great benefits. They want something that they can believe in. They want, you know, an exciting job, but they also want to work somewhere that matters to, you know, that they care about what I care about. So that's really important. They also want a culture that supports giving and volunteering. So that means that it's not just the donate button, that the leadership is actually getting involved, that there actually is a, a culture that resounds within the organization that says we care and we care about you as the employee and we care about the causes that you want to support. Um, that was 58 percent and then 51, so more than half. Uh, employees said that the senior leaders had to be genuinely involved. And that means more than sending an email and saying, hey, we hope you get that means really being invested in uh, the different programs, you know, actually uh, showing that they're uh, committing themselves, whether it's, you know, attending an event or or bringing nonprofits in or letting these employees actually um, take time off of work. There's lots of opportunities there. And about half of the employees that we interviewed or uh, surveyed actually wanted these programs, these kind of workplace giving and employee engagement programs. They want to use them as an opportunity to connect with each other. So uh, the report that we talk about, um, there was a, a book we cited in it called Bowling Alone. And that's because now in this very, you know, in this gig economy where so much is virtual, there's not as many opportunities to get around the water cooler and talk. These employee engagement and workplace giving programs give, uh, you know, employees a chance to do that, to connect with each other. Um, and then again, just one more stat, the about half actually wanted uh, their, their employer to connect what they do to the impact. So it's more than just saying, you know, please donate. Here are some causes. They actually want to know where did that money go? What did it do? Am I my personal dollars that are being invested through this great program? What's the impact of that? And they want that to be communicated. I think it makes sense. And, you know, we have a self-selecting audience right now. People at <laughs> home saying, of course, you know, I want to work for a company that matters. I probably work for a nonprofit. But there's <laughs> yeah. a large shifting tide, I think, with the current generation. Did your data show that this was like, all right, of course, there's a bunch of millennials coming into the workplace. And guess what? They're shaking things up. It's them that uh, are pushing this. Or did you find something else? Yeah, it's a great question. We actually we talked more than 1,500 um, there were it, the people that responded were across the board from a generation standpoint. So we had uh, 33% were baby boomers, 28% were millennials, 33% were Gen X. So we had them across across 18 industries, across different titles, just all of the above. And what I found that was most interesting is the data. We, we sliced it and diced it all the ways that we could, and we looked at generations and how they responded to different questions. And there was no discernible difference across different generations, which is just, it astounded me because we hear, to your point, we hear a lot about the millennials and how they're changing the workforce. And yes, they're expecting all these things. So of course, you know, 
the workforce is changing to meet those demands. But it turns out baby boomers want the same thing. They want to work for companies that value them and value their personal causes. They want to have choice within a company. Same thing with Gen X. So it was really interesting across industries, generations, titles, didn't matter. It really was uh, very similar. There was no discernible difference, which isn't against the research you see. I do think that it's valid that millennials are having a severe, you know, a real impact on the workforce. But I don't think we should forget about the other generations that believe this thing. There's a real motivating force across the spectrum. And since I know for a fact you've been doing the snapshot for <laughs> for a number of years, what is the mm-hmm. biggest delta this year, positive or or negative year over year, obviously, uh, you know, number 45, the name who I will not mention for <laughs> you show up in my newsfeed, number 45 <laughs> leading our country. Uh, has uh-huh. there been any shifts or, or things in the data that you saw? Yeah, it's been interesting. The, the one thing we saw, we did compare our research against previous research. That was really important because in the past, we asked companies, what do you want and what do your employees want? So we actually went to the employer and said, hey, what do your employees want? We actually tried to figure out if they were telling the truth and if it all made sense. One thing we found uh, in between 2014 and 2017 the nonprofits reported to us. So we talked to nonprofits in the past and we said, you know, what's the most challenging thing for you? We actually found that the most challenging thing for nonprofits to report, such as impact, relevance, communicating all of that really effectively, that is what donors want the most. So, you know, it'll be interesting to go back to that research. I'm, I'm hoping next year in 2018, which is around the corner, that we can actually go back to the nonprofits and see if that has changed especially with he who shall not be named. Is it getting even harder or is it the same? But uh, the delta I saw was between what nonprofits struggle with and what donors actually want. They want, uh, you know, impact was uh, reported. 78% of employees said, I want to know the results that nonprofits are having with my money. Same thing, 45% said, uh, you know, it's really important that you engage with me, a donor. Um, and that was 66% of nonprofits said it was really hard. And 70% of employees said, you know, I need ample information from you. You can't communicate too much when it comes to impact and stories and all that great stuff. And 81% of nonprofits actually had a really hard time doing that from a resources standpoint, which is where I'm coming from with number 45. I wonder, are those resources being directed in different ways because they're having to be? So so we shall see. Completely off note, did you hear about this uh, Google Chrome plugin that actually gets rid of all pictures of 45 and replaces with cats? Have you seen that? Oh, gosh. We're going to put that in the show notes. So Chrome plugin done. <laughs> it's the most magical thing you can imagine. Plugin. <laughs> Just letting you know. <laughs> That's amazing. All right. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, not all off topic. Delightful because that's <laughs> one of many tips that I think you're getting from here. What are some of the other tips, Lindsay, that uh, <laughs> specifically nonprofits can get yeah. with regard to jumping into this pool and get ready because I think we're going to do a pro con around it. But what are some of the practical tips uh, for engaging in this uh, this pool of four billion, uh, as you quoted earlier? Yeah, I think that's great. The, the number one thing that we'd recommend American Charities is to listen to your donors. So really uh, survey them, talk to them and ensure that the programs you have actually align with 
the employees' values. If you can, in the Snapshot 2017 report, we have lots of real-life case studies and lots of program directors that have really successful engagement programs actually bring the employees in to help create these programs, whether it's a champion program or something along, uh, along that line. Another really practical tip is to provide incentives for, for uh, participating in these different um, activities. So if you can give your employees an opportunity to take some time off and go volunteer, they're far more likely to do that. So provide meaningful incentives to get them involved. They're going to like it better. You're going to like it better. And the impact is going to be greater. And then one area we saw, you know, to a great extent is that employees want choice. They don't want to be told how and when and why to give. They want, they have their own motivations. Everyone does. So providing them an opportunity with uh, different ways of giving, whether that's their time, their money, their skills, giving them ways to give online, letting them social share, all that good stuff. If you can provide your employees with choice and, you know, there's lots of opportunities to do that. And we'd be happy to talk about how that could be on a one to one scenario. Um, that's going to be very successful. Two more tips. One is to invest in technology. We did find data that bears out. It, it is so important that you make giving and volunteering and, and you know, any kind of uh, giving activity to be convenient and easy. And technology isn't always the easiest way. It doesn't mean you have to have the most expensive, amuse, uh, beautiful platform. We all know that that could be more than your company can take at that moment. But investing in platforms that make it easy will always win. And there's lots of opportunities out there. I mean, we support two different platforms that actually can do that fairly quickly and easily. And you don't have to be a coder. Um, all you have to do is kind of understand what your employees want and you can plug it in and make it work. And then developing partnerships with your nonprofits that, that your employees support and that you support from a corporate sense is going to be really uh, helpful. There's got to be a dialogue between the two. Um, so making it, you know, transformational versus transactional is really important. So another another tip there. All right. So. A scattering of tips, be you nonprofit or for-profit in the company side, deciding workplace giving. But we're moving yes. into pro-con rapid fire here. All right, yes. Lindsay, here's our topic. We've got a nonprofit. It is of national scale, decent recognition. You'd know the name probably if you were uh, talking to, to someone in a passive conversation. They're doing uh, a probably we'll call $8 million-ish, $4 million, $8 million in revenue thereabouts. Okay. Uh, they look at workplace giving and say either pro or con. Should they jump into it or should they not? What side would you like? Pro. Pro, pro, pro. pro. Do you need any more details on my fictitious <laughs> nonprofit? Uh, no, but let me make sure I understand. So it's a nonprofit with four to eight million and they're well established with a recognized brand. Yeah, four, four okay. to eight million in annual revenue. And the question is, should they be jumping into Workplace giving. Got it. I'm pro and I don't need more information. Why don't you kick it off, Miss Confidence? Oh, oh, all right. Uh, 100% because the nonprofit needs more funding. Every nonprofit does. You've got big missions, even if you are close to meeting a particular program mission, there's always more to be done. Um, and you need sustainable dollars. So there are more employees than ever in a variety of ways. And employees are sitting in front of their desks, for the most part, wanting to help their communities. 
you have a way to harness those dollars for the good of your nonprofit. There is little downside. There's a lot of upside. The downside, of course, you're probably going to get into that, but it takes resources. But if you can have a partner in your corner like America's Charity, America's Charities, goodness, we can certainly make it easier for you and actually advocate for you and, and help you find your path. Okay. Story? On the other side of the coin, <laughs> you know, my nonprofit is already doing decently well. You know, we already have employees giving to us because they have money. They made money. I already mm-hmm. have, you know, people that made money from the workplace and they're giving it mm-hmm. to us. And by the way, I saw so much paperwork around, you know, people talking about the combined federal campaign, mm-hmm. people talking about the fact that that's, you know, actually declining and also like there's fees associated with it. So I need to pay a bunch of money up front. For a lottery ticket, it seems, to get you know a flood of unrestricted capital, which don't mind. I don't mind that. But it mm-hmm. seems like a very long cycle time. What do you say? Uh, to that, I'd say it doesn't have to be. The combined federal campaign is hugely important because that is essentially accessing the federal worker. But there are many, many paths. You can go uh, just within your state. And if you're well-recognized, you uh, certainly break through the noise more than smaller nonprofits. So it does not have to be painful. It does not have to be like winning a, a lottery ticket. A really growing area is the corporate sector. It's actually the private sector. So getting in front of a company that has employees ready and willing to give. The biggest pro to this is beyond the resources it might take. Um, it really is sustainable. So if you get a one-time gift from that employee who gives directly to you, that's valuable. But you could get 12 gifts or 26, depending how many times they're paid, and all year long, and they're unrestricted funds. A donor that gives to you off the street could say, I want it to go to this program, or I want it to go for this specific thing. The dollars you get through workplace giving are unrestricted, and we all know nonprofits know best how to spend their money. So why not give them the funding all year long that they can count on? And people give, on average, five times more when they give uh, through the paycheck. If they give via payroll, they give, on average, five times more than the one-time donation. Okay. So you're saying I don't necessarily have to go after the combined federal campaign, which, as you mentioned, is right. the federal employee pool, which you can only get into right. if you have like an advocate and you pay the the sort of gatekeepers to, to get in. Uh, and right. Obviously, America's Charities does that. But there's also a mm-hmm. private sector. Right. Didn't and you just hold on. Sorry. I, am, <laughs> I am making my, my well-founded point here, madam. You're so uh, right. So, so in the private sector, though, didn't you just say employees want all of this choice? Mm-hmm. So even if I if I go out there and I put myself on the list of, you know, you can donate to us along with everyone else, mm-hmm. uh, what does it matter? Aren't I already on that list? Aren't I already, like, registered in that system? And isn't it just, you know, sort of a, a bunch of clutter? Aren't, uh, aren't I getting the upside of that without having to participate with somebody? No, you are not necessarily on that list. So, of course, you have to, you know, register with the states and you have to make sure that you can be donated to. But after that, it takes a lot of work to actually uh, break through and connect with people. So there is a lot of noise, just de facto. There is a lot of noise. There are 1.5 C3 organizations in this country. So 1.5 you are already part of the noise. (laughs) Yes, millions. Sorry. You are already part of the noise. So. 
actually having an advocate take your brand and put it in front of different groups is hugely valuable. And it's the only way to succeed across any avenue. So I'm in marketing. I'm, as you said, I'm a marketing VP. So uh, this is my bread and butter. It is not just existing. That's enough. You really have to have the right people in the right places saying, hey, this organization is important. This is what they do. That's why stories are so important and data is so important. And then saying, and they deserve your dollars. So um, there's already noise. It's really uh, up to you to break through it and find the path that can give you the sustainable dollars. And workplace giving is far more useful than a one-time gift. If you spend you know, say $10 of your marketing resources getting that one-time gift versus $10 of your resources giving uh, gifts all year long that you can easily um, keep and actually move up the donation ranks uh, and cultivate them appropriately, you're actually going to win far more. Your gains are going to be a hundredfold at the end. All right. Well, since you are our guest, I will uh, I will leave you with that last word and thank you for <laughs> well, playing Provers so Con, where the winners decided in the court of public opinion. So, oh man, that. I can't wait to see. I yeah. hope I won. <laughs> uh, the public tends to not share their opinion, but they, they tend to side with me indefinitely because I rigged the system. Shoot. Anyway, it's time to move into rapid fire. All right, are you ready, Lindsay? I'm ready. Okay, what is one tech tool or website that you or your organization has started using in the past year? Oh, crap. Uh, started using in the last year? I honestly could not tell you. Uh, social Report, started using that in the last year. That easily lets us schedule our social media posts as well as uh, measure. Um, and it also gives us data on what's the best time to post things. So that's been useful. I've been using Hootsuite forever, and Social Report has been quite useful. Awesome. Uh, that helps. What kind of tech dragons do you need to slay? Uh, I have a ton of tech dragons. Um, anyone in marketing does. Um, you know, as I mentioned earlier, we support two different workplace giving technologies. Um, they're very different. They have the same function in terms of um, trying to help employees get to the causes they care about. But with any technology, there's things that are different. And of course, every brand is different in what they want from it. So I'm constantly uh, reinventing how to um, display things, show stories, uh, make it really navigable, make it easy. Um, and I've been learning coding as a result of that. So that's been interesting. What is coming in the next year that has you most excited? Uh, immersive storytelling. I am super, I'm, again, this is the marketing aspect, but I am super excited about virtual reality and how the nonprofit sector can use it. I don't think it's just for rich people or which organizations anymore when the non when New York Times sent me my cardboard uh, VR glasses and I was able to see virtual reality for the first time I thought uh, this could go anywhere and this could be anywhere and I've seen a few pencils for promise is a organization that has used it really really well in their own storytelling so I'm super excited to see where that goes can you talk about a mistake you made earlier in your career that has shaped the way you do things now I have learned that you need another copy editor. You cannot rely on spell check. I uh, worked for a legal PR firm. We sent a survey to a thousand appellate judges and I asked them whether Martha Stewart's pubic comments would affect their uh, appellate decision making. And the judges were not 
happy with me. And they circled it and sent it back and left some mean comments. So I have learned uh, it should have been Martha Stewart's public comments. And I no longer will uh, send something out without having at least two other people who have not been a part of the writing process review it. <laughs> That's amazing. No follow-up <laughs> questions there. Uh, do you believe that nonprofits can successfully go out of business? Yes, and I think many should try to. Um, I don't think many do because, and rightfully so, they uh, evolve. So they may track tackle one uh, problem or, or you know, actually close the loop on one area, and then they tackle on something else. So I respect that, but I do think that. There is some overlap in the nonprofit sector, and if we partner more, um, we can actually pull resources more, go out of business, and actually solve the great challenges of our time. So I really uh, have faith in that. And what is something you think your organization should stop doing? Uh, I think that what our organization should stop doing. Oh, that's interesting. Um I don't know. I really love American charities. It's it's where I hope to stay forever. I have to be honest, and I didn't think I'd ever say that. Um, maybe we should stop worrying about uh, the voice of one versus the voice of many. So if one donor calls our help desk and has a problem, we often jump and try to fix that problem immediately as opposed to finding out if it's a larger problem. That's what I'd say. Awesome. What is uh, what would you do actually with a, a Harry Potter wand, a magical wand, uh, oh. waving across the industry for the nonprofits? What what would it do? Uh, I would get artificial intelligence to work for us all easily and uh, in a way that doesn't you know put anyone out of a job or anything like that. I just attended this great conference where a nonprofit had brought in artificial artificial intelligence. I'm just going to say AI. And no one lost their job. And in fact, uh, they were trained, uh, the workforce was trained to actually support that. I would, I think there's some great uh, things coming down the pike in that manner. And I think nonprofits could use that to uh, better find uh, customers, better find supporters, better find um, opportunities and uh, ways to close the gap. That would be my Harry Potter wand. Okay. And in conclusion here, Lindsay, how do people find you? How do people help you, including finding Snapshot? Yes, thank you for this opportunity. It was really great. I would love, love, love to connect with you. Um, my website is charities.org. And to that end, the Snapshot 2017 report, which is free, you can download it. I'd love for you to do that. It's at charities.org slash snapshot17. But uh, I'm on the staff page. My email is there. My Twitter is there. My LinkedIn is there. Please connect with me. Um, and I'd love to chat with you about anything you heard here or anything else. I would love to talk about it. I am passionate about the nonprofit sector. I'm passionate about what Whole Whale does, too. So um, would love to chat with anyone. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Lindsay, and uh, we'll definitely have more resources and show notes. Have a have a good one. Thank you. Thank you, George. Thank you, Whole Whale. Oh, I hope you found that interesting. I think it's very helpful to hear the sides of the coin, really, and the sides of the coin that 
Workplace giving happens in the, the private sector at companies as a benefit to employees, as a real win, I think, for the ethos of the company and, and engagement, but also for nonprofits and how simply just checking the box of like, yeah, we're, we're going to be listed automatically is not quite enough. And especially if we're talking about the combined federal campaign, which we didn't get into, but again, taps you into the federal network of, of employees out there. And you have to go through a group like America's Charities. I'll be honest from a personal standpoint. I am the chairman of the board. I've been involved with the organization in the field. It's awesome to me because it's found money. And it's found money that you can use as unrestricted and tends to be when I see unrestricted dollars uh, for an organization, they can spend it on things like technology that actually help them grow, things on data that uh, are going to build uh, build the infrastructure and uh, the parts of the organization that actually make it go. So I'm a firm believer in it and uh, I'm a big fan of what they do. You can find resources from today's podcast at episode number 82. Uh, and again, of course, at charities, uh, charities.org. Thanks for joining us. This has been Using the Whole Whale, stories of data and technology in the social impact world. Resources, as always, may be found at wholewhale.com slash podcast. Thanks for joining us. And Greg Thomas. Greg Thomas, thank you. GregThomasMusic.org is where you can find a lot of the music and also uh, ThomasAudioEditing.com, which is what we are actually using for our podcast editing. So he's... Uh, very amazing, uh, and uh, we love working with them. Thanks, Greg.